I'm Jen Taylor Skinner, and this is The Electorate. On this episode, I have a conversation with actress and comedian Nicole Thurman. Nicole Thurman is incredibly talented and very, very funny. I've been a fan of Nicole's work for a while now, and I wanted to have her on because after following the political news cycle day in and day out for the past couple of years, I really needed some comic relief. So here is my conversation with the talented Nicole Thurman. Nicole Thurman, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so thrilled to have you on. You know, it feels like you've been everywhere lately. You were on a Black Lady Sketch show, and that's on HBO. Yes. Yeah. And I love that show. And you were also on Shrill on, on um, Hulu. But, you know, it was your work on Comedy Central with the opposition with Jordan Klepper. Yeah, that's it. I was on that. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering I was wondering how you'd see me. I was like, was it Twitter or was it one of the shows? But yeah, the opposition was the big one. Yeah, yeah. So a couple yeah. of those, uh, segments that you did that I was really impressed with or I really liked was the one where you're pretending. I think this is your debut. You were pretending mm-hmm. to be a black Trump supporter, a black conservative, which is really funny funny and then the second one was diamond and silk like how do you prepare for something like that well it's interesting the one where I was pretending to be a Trump supporter at a rally was the premiere show and that was actually the piece that I had one of the pieces that I had submitted to get on the show so it was like the first thing that I had written um to audition for the show like you know in August and so then when I got when I actually did end up being on the show they were like what was that piece that you wrote when you were auditioning and I was like oh the one where I was like at a Trump rally and I was really excited and they're like yeah let's do that one to like introduce your character so it was pretty cool to be able to do that. Um, I just thought it was a funny concept of, I don't know, this like black woman who has no idea like why she stands out at a Trump rally, but is very excited (laughs) to be standing out because she loves attention. And I just thought, because that was kind of like, this is a long answer to you seeing segments, but my whole idea with that character was I was kind of like, for me personally, I was like, how can I, because we were playing conservatives and I was like, how can me as a black woman, like how can I justify that I would be a conservative. And then I was like, oh, if it was like somebody who just liked attention and liked to be different and stand out and like it liked bullies, then that would be perfect. And that's her thing, you know? <laughs> and that's actually, that was part of that was um, when you're talking about Diamond and Silk, they were part of the inspiration for the character. It was kind of like, I wanted it to be a mix between Diamond and Silk and maybe kind of a Candace Owens. Um because that's the only way I could see if I ever was a Trump supporter, I'd be like, oh, it's for the, only for the superficial reasons, none of the real reasons. And that's kind of how like Diamond and Silk are. So it was fun to be able to go after them on the show, too, because they're just they're just crazy characters. And <laughs> they just like do not care about the fact that they're just like completely selling themselves out for attention. It, they just don't care. They're like shameless with it, you know? Yeah, I'm glad you said that because a lot of people, even people on the left, approach yeah. them as if they're serious. And yeah. I'm like, it's so obvious they are not serious, right? Yeah. Like they're literally in costume, I right? Pers- like the huge glasses. I mean- right, right. I mean, they're, I. the thing is, I think... I think it's like both because I kind of think that they are, I think that they are serious on some level, but they don't really, it doesn't seem like they really care about politics. So it's not like they're really serious about like his, you know, policies or anything like that. Even, I don't even know what Trump's policies are besides just be mean to everybody. But, um, 
I think they're like, they like him. They, I think they actually genuinely like him, which is mind boggling enough. But I think then, then yeah, it's like, you start to see like what people respond to. Like, I'm sure when they got like two views on their YouTube channel, when they didn't talk about anything political, they were like, eh. But then when they start talking about Trump, they're like, oh, well now he, now people are paying attention to us. So let's just keep this up. And then they exaggerate it for sure. And it's <laughs> sad because it's like, uh, they're, I don't know. It's just like, that's a caricature of black people. It's like a kind of like that, that kind of thing that like, oh, these are the, like the dumbest people in the room. Let's talk to them. And if they like Trump, then they'll convince, you know, other black people like Trump. The whole thing about it was just, it's so weird. Everything about it's weird. It it, it is. And you know, the thing is, is that, so did they, what did they talk about before they started talking about Trump on their YouTube channel? Like what could they possibly have had to talk about? (laughs) It's so funny because I was just looking, I literally was just Googling that because I was like, wait, what did they, because yes, okay. I remember, yes, they used to be Democrats. So this is I forgot about this. They became Republicans in 2015. So they saw Donald Trump and they were like, we like you. <laughs> so that's what made them switch. Um, so I think that they were talking about politics and I mean, they think they were talking about like, you know, pop culture and things like that. But they were definitely on the left before. And then they when they saw Trump, they were like, yeah, he's he's cool. I don't know. I think it was just it seems to me. <laughs> To me, it just seems like that kind of like reality TV culture that is why he even won. Like the only reason certain people are popular is just because they're kind of like acting trashy or acting like caricatures. Yeah. And so that's what it seems like. It seems like that's what it be. They were like, oh, that's like a way to make money. And so then they just went with that. They said we're on the Trump train now. That's what, which is what my character used to say. Like, I'm on the Trump train, you know, like just because. You don't think about it. You're just you're just doing it. You're just going with what's popular, what's making money. Yeah, you know, I could talk. I I won't, but I could talk about them for an entire episode just yeah. because I'm so fascinated. There is this profile of them which talked about their past, right, and like what they used to do before. You know, they had this YouTube channel, and and I forget they live in some little town. Their family has like a, a store or some business where they sell like oils and essential oils and like yeah. cures for things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and it's just like stuff that probably you know won't work. They're like the, you know, the, the black version of goop. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> oh God. That would be the trashiest black version of anything. <laughs> you know, and I just, and so I have a confession. I, I do avoid their Twitter page, like at all costs, right? Their oh, Twitter yeah. page and their YouTube channel. But when I do, like, it, it just like sucks you in. You can't stop watching. Right. It's like, yeah. you remember that movie, The Ring with Naomi Watts and that video that you put in? I don't know if you uh-huh. saw the movie, The Ring. Uh-huh. And this and video, you're just like staring you, at it. You're yeah. just staring at it. And then like you, you, you die or something like the next day or something. Yeah. And I feel like I get possessed by their videos and I can't stop watching because I just don't understand what's happening. Yeah. I think something about, I think that's, I think that's probably part of the appeal and part of what they've, that like market that they've tapped into in a weird way of like this, like you're like watching them, like almost like a train wreck or like the ring. Like you're just like, what is this? <laughs> but then you realize, oh, well now I've watched, you know, two or three of their videos. Like they're just I, I don't know they're the worst it's like it, 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 I mean in a way it's like it's like a minstrelly type performance like the way they are it's just it's just wild and you find yourself I mean and this is and it's nothing it, it it works for them but I just don't understand how because it's like people are laughing at them like not with them like that's what I said on this piece that I did on the opposition but it was like there people are not laughing with them people are laughing at them and they just like profit off of that and I guess that's okay with them but like to me it just seems like what are you doing why are you doing this I don't know yeah. I think you see that a lot though I mean I feel like I've seen that with a lot of like but like you think of these people that are like popping up and just have like the craziest views even like celebrities that 
that you haven't heard from in years. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, Kid Rock sure has a lot to say. Like, oh, Rob Schneider, he really has a lot of opinions all of a sudden, you know, because it's yeah. like the worst of the worst is coming out in support. And because they realize it's what gets attention right now is like people not being able to turn away from that. Yeah. You know, that's really interesting. And I didn't think about it that way. You're right. There are a lot of celebrities that are now like making pol- making politics like their new bit. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, and some some are sincere. Right. Yeah. And that's not a bit like some are sincerely their citizens do and they care about stuff. Right. But then there's some of them, like you said, like Kid Rock, who are clearly, you know, just trying to ride the Trump train. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's the Diamond and Silk thing. Yeah. Ride the Trump train. But see, but Diamond and Silk aren't entertainers. They aren't actresses. And so I'm just curious about this dynamic because you're in L.A., you're an actress, you're a comedian mm-hmm. and you're, you know, you're in the business. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, have you seen anybody, you know, that that's like their their career might be, you know, kind of not going so well. And they're like, hey, you know, I think I'll come out as I mean, do you know anybody personally? <laughs> I don't. I wish I did. No, I don't wish I did. (laughs) That would be bad. No, I don't think that I do. But I think that, I mean, like to me, that's what I think of when I think of like, I mean, I'm totally just calling him out, but it was like Rob Schneider to me is like that, like a person that you haven't heard from in years that kind of isn't really working or doing anything. And then all of a sudden they're like becoming very vocal of certain, of you know, policies or like certain things that happen in the news or like, or even comedians that say things like, I don't know if it's exactly the same, but like when they're saying things like, um, oh, you know, oh, no, we can't do any comedy anymore. Comedy's dead because everybody's too PC. Like all the left is so easily triggered and like that kind of stuff. Like there's all these like jokes about comedians making specials called triggered. Like once they get canceled, <laughs> they come that that's their comeback. You know, like that's a joke. But like it just feels like it's like that's the way for people to get back in. It feels like making noise. And that's I mean, Diamond and Sook, they're not performers, but they are performers. I mean, they that wasn't their career path, but it's definitely what they are now because that's not their personalities. They're definitely being heightened versions of themselves. You see a lot of people doing that, that have kind of just like, you're like, wait, weren't you famous in like the 80s? And now all of a sudden we're like hearing you and talking about you. And why are we talking about you? Oh, because you support Trump and you're just like trying to make noise. I don't know. It's a it's a weird time. <laughs> did you do a segment on Candace Owens? We did. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I missed that one. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I emailed it to you. I emailed you a link so you can see it when you when you get when we get done. If you want oh, to. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> no, it's no, fine. You just call that like I don't read my email. You just call me. Oh, did you? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't <laughs> no, know. I'm just joking. You. I'm sorry. Um, no. Well, why did you read your email? No. Um, I did, though. It's it was a, it was during that time when I don't know if you remember this. April 2018, I think it was um, Kanye West tweeted. Oh, do you remember this at all? He tweeted, I, I like how Candace Owens thinks. And that was all he said. But it was like, uh-huh. dude, are you kidding me with this right now? Because it's like he has such a big platform. And Candace Owens is like, I mean, she's same ideology, but opposite ends of like personality spectrum of Diamond and Silk, where they say, you know, black people have been on the Democratic plantation for too long. And like, you need to get off the plantation and start thinking for yourself. And she says stuff like uh, black people are privileged too. like, I don't know why black people say they don't have privilege. And like, like that was during the period where Kanye West said like slavery was a choice. And like, it was like, they were all, it was like all these kind of ideas of like black people have had it wrong for the last 400 years. And it's like, oh my God, are we really doing this? Like, are we really doing this? Yeah. I remember that. That was my favorite week on black Twitter. Oh, it was crazy. <laughs> oh my God. It was so funny. Yeah. Everybody was just losing their mind. I mean, cause it's hilarious. And that's what the piece I did on the opposition was um, like, we did a get out parody, you know, get out when they stir the tea oh, yeah. and like take the black people to the sunken place. Yeah. Like we were making jokes about Kanye West and Candace Owens being in the sunken place because 
I don't know. Candace Owens is very interesting, though. She really is because I've seen, like, interviews with her. I cannot. Like, I'm so sorry. I wish I had remembered all these people that I was trying to talk about. But there's some guy that interviews people on YouTube. I feel like his last name is Rogan, but that can't be right. But I Yes, know. I know who you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. And so he he interviewed her, and you see her being interviewed. And I'm telling you, she's one of those people, too, where, where in a way you can't look away when you're watching it. Because you're like, what? But, like, also, Candace Owens, though, has a way of talking where – she almost you almost get it <laughs> yeah yeah I know what like, you mean oh yeah. okay like I totally see your point and I I don't think you're completely wrong but for me it's like when you start saying stuff about being a conservative and being on board with Donald Trump that's when you lose me you know but she definitely has a way of talking where you're like okay I mean I get your point I don't know it's hard yeah you know but now you've got me thinking like I need to go back and analyze because once you're out of that zone of being hypnotized by these videos, right. right, you can think clearly and say, you know, oh, that was bullshit. Like, that doesn't mean anything. Like, what she just said, and you can think about it, but while you're watching it, she does have a way of linking points that make them sound logical. But, like, honestly, if you really take them away and you analyze them, it isn't any deeper than what Diamond and Silk are saying. Absolutely. Right? Like, it's, it's exactly it's the not. same thing. No, it's exactly, yeah, it's exactly I, the same thing. I think it's just, I, I, from what I, I mean, the little I know about it, it seems like that's just the general uh, black conservative consensus of like the idea or the way they think of like black people have been on the democratic plantation. The Democrats have done nothing for black people. So why are we still Democrats? Just because we're black, we have to be Democrats. And I totally agree with that. Like, why do you have to automatically have to be liberal just because you're black? You don't. But the thing is, (laughs) when conservatives are actively fighting against people of color and women and, you know, anyone that's marginalized, then how can you still support them? And that's the thing that that's that's where the disconnect happens for me. It's like, yeah, sure. You can think whatever you want. Just because you're a black person, you shouldn't have to think one way particularly. But that doesn't mean that you should be supporting racists. I mean, that doesn't make sense either, you know? Right. But they oversimplify the argument. Like, Absolutely. yeah, of course you can do you can do whatever you want. You can be what you can be a part of any party and you can name that party the clown party. You can name mm-hmm. that party like the apples party. Like on that really simplistic level, like sure, no one has to be a part of any party just because of, you know, their race or their gender. But the thing is, is that they lack, I don't know if they don't have historical context or they ignore historical context but it's just like if you look at where we've been over the decades over the centuries with republicans versus democrats generally we live in a we live in a society where you know there's you know racism and bias and and you know sexism and there isn't one party that is free of that but there is one party who is actively right actively campaigning on that Right. right and so you can't make the argument they can't make the argument outside of that context or it's the only way they can make that argument by excluding the historical context. Yeah, by excluding the historical context and completely invalidating it by saying like that 400 years of slavery and Jim Crow and all these things didn't affect black people, which is something Candace <laughs> is on video saying and yeah. calling calling black people privileged. It's like you're completely invalidating something that's like it's right there. It's obvious. It, it, it has had an effect. Like you can literally look at numbers. And so it's like you can't just say that. So, yeah, it is like it's like they just are ignoring the facts and they're ignoring that one side has. Even, yeah, neither side is perfect, but one side definitely has fought <laughs> actively, especially recently, against the people that you're telling to come to your side. When it's like, why do you want us to come to that side? These people are terrible. It's obvious. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting.
so the Obamas, they just mm-hmm. celebrated their wedding anniversary. I don't know which one it was, like the 27th. 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 Yeah. Why, why do we just remember that number? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know, actually. I saw it on social media, but why do I remember it? <laughs> That's right. It's not like it's a big, it's not like 30 or like 20 or 50, it's 27, but, but because everybody still loves the Obamas, right? Oh like, my God, so much. Yeah. Oh, and I think it's also because I, when I looked at it, I, for some reason I was like, oh, only 27 years, but it makes sense. Like they're not that old, but it's just like, I thought they'd be married forever for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just felt like the whole country was collectively crying. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Every time I feel like every time Obama posts a picture, people are crying. People are like, we miss you. Like, it's just like, it's such a, it's such a funny, it's just also because the difference is so between the two is so apparent. Like one just seems to have empathy and speaks so eloquently and is such a like lovely, intelligent person. And the other one is like complete trash and like crass and misspelling and, you know, doesn't know what they're talking about. So it's like, we miss, we miss the smart, sweet guy that we used to date. (laughs) totally but you know i was looking it up because i was thinking like is it just my bias because i like obama and i like michelle obama and so i looked up i think it was two or three analysis by historians Mm. and he and uh, barack obama comes out on top of the list of best presidents ever right like he consistently comes out you know on top and Uh so it's not just my bias right and you know i would imagine that trump probably you know once he's done (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be like at the at the very, 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 very bottom. Totally. But <laughs> I was also reading this study about how they said therapists and doctors have reported an increased amount of depression and anxiety amongst people, you know, since uh-huh. Trump's been elected. And I don't know. I, I mean, has it affected you personally? I know it has me. Like, I just yeah. feel like I drink a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's so funny. I quit drinking a year and a half ago. And like every day I'm like, why did I do that? <laughs> I'm like, that was a good way to deal with stress like what am I thinking but I don't know I just like have this app on my phone that just makes me like really competitive with myself so I'm just like I'm just gonna keep it up um but yes of course oh my god like it's like a it's hard because sometimes like I'm a big I'm a big Twitter person and I think that particularly if you're a big I mean, maybe this is just me making this up, but from what I've just felt, it feels like if you're a big Twitter person and you're like online a lot, it's like unavoidable. And it's also just, it feels devastating. It feels hopeless. I mean, it does like, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't had like this most, the most seller year of my life in general, but then when you're like looking at the news and like, it just feels like every day feels like an assault. (laughs) Like it's definitely a way more stressful and anxious time. And I think um, like even my therapist, I know when, cause I, I'm sometimes I'm very self-absorbed. And so like, I was just like going to therapy, like pretty much as a regular person, like, at, like kind of close to after the election happened. And I remember she was just so like, she was just so depressed looking oh, no. and she was just like, yeah, well, you know, the world is really scary right now. And she kept saying that. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. But like, also I'm talking about like my ex-boyfriend, you know, like, <laughs> like I was being terrible, but, um, it is, it just feels like it's like. It was, it's palpable now. It feels like it's more, more people are dealing with more because it's, it's a scary time and it's, it's in your face more than it's ever been. The corruption and the just like evilness and like lack of empathy to me is what's really disturbing. That's the part that really gets me. I think is like, it just is like, you just don't care about anyone, anyone, but unless they're exactly like you, like that's crazy. It just is a, it feels scary when you, when you, it's so transparent that people in power 
a lot of people in power only care about themselves or care about their money, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm going to be your therapist now. Why is it terrible that you want to talk about your ex-boyfriend? Like, (laughs) it's it's like, it's self-care, right? Like you can't like stop taking care of yourself because our government is terrible. So yeah. And first of all, I never will stop taking care of myself. So you're right. And like, I totally agree with you because I'm like, no, let's talk about me. Um, I don't know. I think it was, I felt bad because I was like, I don't know. Like, I was like, oh, am I supposed to talk about like, I, there's only for me, I don't know. For me, it's like, sometimes I hit a wall where there's only so much I can deal with it. And then I have to disconnect and maybe deal with my own stuff for a little bit and then go back to like dealing with like, okay, what's happening in the world? This is scary because yeah. So that's what, that's how I felt was I was like, I need to like, just talk about myself a little bit more, (laughs) especially because it's therapy. And that's what I like to do is talk about myself. And, but I felt like she was like, you know, Oh, the world though. And I'm like, Oh yeah, the world for sure. (laughs) For sure. For sure. But like also, (laughs) Yeah, that's it, it's totally not what it's for. Like I, uh, you just made me think because I like I never in therapy. Like I never talk about. Like I just only talk about myself, right? Because like that's what it's for. It's to help yeah. me be a better person so I can help other people. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> that's what it's for. I mean, that's what that's what you're doing it for. Is you want to be better so you can be better with p- other people. That's for sure. If everybody did that, then we'd be in a lot better position. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of self care, I I actually just started following you on Instagram, and I did see mm-hmm. that you. You posted something about not drinking, right? Which is, you know, great. I my birthday was actually a couple of days ago. Your birthday. Thank you. And my friends took me out to drink, and I am so I feel like so old now because Uh my body cannot process. I've always been a lightweight. Even in college, I was a lightweight, but I had two thirds of a glass of wine, and I had a. Oh my God, really? Oh my God. And then I saw your post. I was like, maybe I should be doing that too. And then you had like a whole health thing, you know, like an overhaul. How was that for you? How did that? I don't know. Yeah, well, it was really interesting. Like being on the show was... Uh, on the opposition was a very challenging time for me. Like it was like a weird time where I had, I went through this like really, really bad breakup. Um, and then I got the job like three months after the breakup. So it was like, I was in this really weird period. Cause then I had to move from LA to New York. And so living in all of a sudden I was living in New York and I was single and I was like, what just happened? You know, like I didn't know where I was. It felt like. And so then it was like, when you're working at the show, you're like eating food, eating catering every day. And I was sitting at a desk for the first time. I had never had a desk job. So I just like started and I was drinking a lot because like living in New York, I feel like I drink more than when I live in LA or even, no, Chicago, I drank a lot too. Um, (laughs) But uh, those are bigger drinking cities. And so like I was drinking more and so I was just like putting on all this weight and I was just like, stressed out and like feeling bad because I was drinking so much on the weekends that it would be like during the weekdays, I would still be feeling bad, like not drinking so much, but just like drinking, like, and then only, you know, only having two days off when I'm, I wasn't used to having that like nine to five life. Yeah. So like when the show, right before the show got canceled, maybe like a month before I was like, I came back from this vacation and I was just feeling like the same way where it's like, you're getting older and you get hungover, like so much worse. And so I was just like, I think I'm going to take like a two week break from drinking at least maybe a month. And so then I got this app on my phone so that I would literally do it to the day could count the days that I had not been drinking. 
And I just started the app. And then, like I said, because I'm competitive with myself, after like two weeks, I was like, you know, I think I could do this for a month. And then after a month, I was like, I think I could do this for three months. And then I just kept doing it and like watching the counter go up and up and up, you know. And so then I set like a year a year milestone or whatever it's called on my phone to count that day as a milestone. And so then I did a year and then I was like, well, I could do a year and a half. Like I just keep going more and more because like once you quit drinking, it's actually, so it's been really good for me. Like it's just been really good for me mentally and physically. I've like lost like 30 pounds. I've been working out a lot more than I used to. Um, so yeah, it was like a complete overhaul. It was really, it was crazy because then when the show got canceled, it was like, all I had to focus on was like not drinking and like working out. And it was a good time to do an overhaul. Cause I had the time on my hands. <laughs> um, yeah. but so yeah, it was like, it ended up being really good for me. I mean, it was hard because it's like, it sucks. Like right when you get, like you lose your job suddenly, then I'm not drinking. And I'm like, how am I going to deal with this pain? <laughs> but it's like, you, you figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I saw that cause you're really open and I you yes. know, applaud you being really open. Cause I, then I'm thinking, cause I'm the same way. First of all, I'm realizing that yeah. even when I was 21, drinking was hard for me. Like I I would have one drink and I would be out. Right. So my body yeah. has been telling me for years <laughs> yeah. that alcohol doesn't work for me. So I'm thinking like, maybe I should just try that because for some crazy reason, I have two podcasts now. And so I like work around the <laughs> clock and my sleep schedule is just when I fall over. Like that's when I go to sleep. Yeah. Like when I just, <laughs> when yeah. it's just kind of like, you know, but then every day I wake up and it's like, this is the day I'm going to become a yogi. <laughs> right. right. Oh my God. Yeah. I never, like, I never stuck to a workout plan. Even lately though, I've been falling off lately because I haven't been feeling like it. It's hard. It's, it's, I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to find that time to like, to stop, especially like you said, you have two podcasts. You're just like crazy busy. And like, sometimes it's hard because you just get in the habit of just getting through the day sometimes. Like that's how I've been lately too, is like, I've been really busy. So I've just been trying to get through the day and then I come home and pass out. I don't know. I don't know what made me all of a sudden change. But I, I, cause I think I, you know, I was not a lightweight, like I could drink a lot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I think I'm just open about it. Cause it's like, I just, I don't know. I'm always, I've always been like that. Like I'm pretty like transparent about everything. I don't really mind people knowing my business. Sometimes I regret telling people all my business, but like, whatever. At the same time, the overhaul is definitely hard. You go through like a roller coaster when you quit drinking. Like you can't be like, oh my God, I had such a long day. I'm just gonna have a glass of wine while I watch TV. Cause that's a nice way to unwind. But when you don't have that, you're just like, oh my God, I just have to deal with my day it sucks (laughs) yeah I mean mean, but I can't do like I'm useless like I can't do anything else and you know so that for me it's just like practical and I don't know what is wrong with my body I need to have a conversation with my liver I'm gonna do (laughs) you're lucky though that's good you don't want to be able to take to handle a lot you want to be able to be like oh yeah I had one drink and now I'm good So I read this one interview that you did with Cosmo and you said something that was really inspiring to me. And like, so now I'm going to, I'm following you on Instagram for your, like, just because you're funny and you're great and because of your fitness stuff. And I follow, who else do I follow? Um, Tracy Ellis Ross. She's really inspiring to me too when she posts her workout videos and who else? Like Holly Berry has become like an Instagram workout star for some reason. Like she is like so, have you followed her on Instagram? I don't follow her, no. Oh my God. Anyway, that aside, I don't know why I got on that topic. 
topic. But anyway, you said uh-huh. something really inspiring in the interview. You said, um, I guess your career, your acting career, it's like a marathon. You call, you yeah. call it a marathon. Yeah. And it feels like that's what your career is. And I thought that's such a great way because I feel like every day I'm racing to try to, to reach something. Right. Yeah. And then I beat myself up when I don't do it. Yeah. And this just yeah. helped me when I read that. It just helped me step back and take a look. It's like, you know, life is long. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. life is long. And it is a marathon. Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I, I think of it as for, for the marathon um, analogy, I typically think of it as like the longer you keep doing like you're, you, you, it's not something where you're going to immediately get everything that you want out of it. Some people do. And that's awesome for them. Like, I'm happy that, you know, you're 12 years old and making $4 million, <laughs> you know, but it's like good for you. But that's not my life. But also it's like people get tired as you're like running a marathon. Like, I mean, people don't, you know, this, and the idea is that like people fall off. They're going to like stop running. They're going to give up. They're going to say, I can't do it anymore. And it's like the longer you stick with it, there's no way you won't reap benefits from it somehow. I don't think that it means like, I don't know what that means for everybody, but I don't think that, I think that it's something that you, you can't give up on if it doesn't pan out for you like immediately. And I think that that's something to remember because it's, it's, uh, it's hard. It's like, I think it's like human nature to like want everything like now and be mad at yourself or be mad at the career if it's not happening. But sometimes it's like, you never know when it's going to happen because yeah, life is long and like the journey is not just six months and then you get what you want and then it's done. It's like the journey is lifelong. And so, um, yeah, you just have to keep running. <laughs> I had like a teacher in uh, college that said, uh, oh, he, he, he was asking people, how long are you going to give this before you give up? And like, you know, like, how long will you be an actor until you give up on acting if you don't get success or whatever? And people would be like five years, 10 years, you know, whatever. And he said, if you said any number at all, you shouldn't be an actor well, <laughs> <laughs> because he's like yeah yeah you just can't it's not you can't put a time limit on when things are going to happen for you or when it's going to work so it's like you have to just either be all in and just like keep running the marathon or get out and find something else to do because you don't you you're not going to be able to stick with it so I, I try yeah. to remember that because I'm not always good at that either you know it's like I sometimes it's hard yeah. I mean you know I was on a show and and now I'm not because the show got canceled and the work has been really like intermittent and slow for me for the last year. And so it's hard because it's like, you just want to be like, oh, I'm just done with this. Like, I can't do it anymore. But it's like, if I just kept running a little bit more, I think I'd actually be okay. You know? So I just keep going. It doesn't feel like that for me. Like you're, you were on Shrill, you were on, yeah. you know, the Black Lady Sketch Comedy Show, you're on like something else. You're yeah. like, I feel like you're in lots of places. But. Yeah, I do. It's interesting because it is I have done things and I've done cool things, which is fun because it's like with Shrill, like I had wanted to be on that show so badly. And so then the fact that I got on it was so great. And like I had also wanted to be on a Hulu show. That was like a weird goal that I had for myself. And so then I was on a Hulu show and then I got to be on my first HBO show. And like that was very cool. And so, yeah, it's like there's definitely like high points, but it's just it's hard because it's like the resume keeps getting built. But for us, it's like, that's like one day of work (laughs) or like two days of work. And so then you're just like the rest of the time, you're just like on the grind, like auditioning every day. There was like some graphic that I saw of like, uh, it was like a, an art piece. I can send you that too, just in case you want to see it. Cause it's kind of cool. It's like a, an iceberg it's picture of an iceberg and like the tip of the iceberg is success. And like underneath the surface of the water is like, you know, rejection and a million auditions and a million interviews and not feeling good enough and self-doubt and all these other things because it it really is like 
it is like I have done stuff, but for me, it, it doesn't feel like enough. And it feels like so few and far between that it starts to get, you know, you start to get in your head about it. Like, why am I not working? Like, why am I not a regular on a show again? Like, you know, so it's everybody, you know, it's, it's hard because it's like, it looks good. I'm glad it looks good on the outside because <laughs> that's what I want it to look like. <laughs> so that reminds me of Lizzo. You know, she said something like that. Like, yeah. you know, people are like, oh, you know, you just oh, came yeah. up, you just came on the scene. You just blew up. Right. And like, she's like, no, no, <laughs> you know, I've been doing this for years and years and years. You know, yeah. there's a quote that says like every overnight success is 10 plus years in the making. And that's Lizzo for sure. Yeah. So are you one of those people who follows, you know, the election at the stage really closely? I know people who are like watching every single moment, you know, oh, Bernie Sanders ate peanut butter today ah. and that's bad for his campaign or Elizabeth Warren did this. You know, are you one of those people or are you just waiting for the nominee to happen and then you're all in? Um, I think I'm like keeping an eye on it, but. It's hard for me. Yeah, because it's hard for me to like really invest in it yet. I definitely want to see who the nominee is going to be. I feel like I get so I'm so nervous about it in a lot of ways. Like I just want it to work. <laughs> I just want it to go well. Yeah. And I just want it to not be I want it to not be a problem. Like, I don't I don't know. So, yeah, I, I'm having trouble getting too invested in it because it's like a really big it's like I feel like it's a lot of pre if it's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of like worrying to start right now. But it's interesting because it's like I kind of that's why I kind of miss being on the opposition is because it's like we were always so plugged into that. If I was on the show now, I mean, we'd be super plugged into it and talking about it all the time and working on it and like, you know, thinking about it. But yeah, now I kind of I feel a little bit disconnected. It feels a little hard because it's like it feels like there's so many people in the field that it's like, OK, wait till I need to wait till it's like at least like three or two so that I can know who I I'm looking at, you know, because like for me, it's like. Andrew Yang just like every once in a while pops up and I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I, don't, I don't know why. I just like I'm not into him for some reason. And so I'm just like, oh, yeah, he's running, too. Like, let's just see who's really going to be in the thing, you know? Yeah. Know. Yeah. There's like I think so. there used to be about, I think, 583. And now there are <laughs> 65. I'm just joking. There's only <laughs> I was like, wait, I thought you were being serious. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, I really haven't been paying attention. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, that's there's so many. There's so many of them. It's like there's too many. Well, Nicole Thurman, thank you so much. I'm going to be following, keep following you on Instagram so I can get some inspiration for my fitness. And one day I will be a yogi. Oh, my God. I'll try to post more fitness to inspire, <laughs> to inspire you. <laughs> and yes, you will be a yogi. Yeah, I would. Thank you so much. I'm going to manifest it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, OK, so now I'm going to hit right. stop. Um, OK. Thank you so much for listening. The Electorette is independently produced, edited, and managed by me, Jen Taylor Skinner. And if you enjoy listening, please do me a favor. Leave a five-star review for The Electorette on iTunes. It's really simple and it's free. And it's one of the best ways to help support The Electorette. Also, please follow The Electorette on social media. And that's at Electorette on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, keep up the good fight. <laughs>